0: Welcome into our High School Coaches Show presented by the 56th Family Restaurant in Galva. This is your chance to hear from all the McPherson High School and area coaches throughout the school year. The Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE is brought to you by Fimco, McPherson Concrete, Complete Automotive in McPherson, DFS Moto in Canton, Alliance Agency Incorporated, Kane's Body Shop, Flinsford Quarterback Club, Next Tech Wireless, JAR Performance Automotive, and Farmer's State Bank. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
1: Welcome into our High School Coaches Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva, following Week 9 of the 2019 high school football season for many teams, the round of 32 in the postseason as we have begun playoff football. I am Jim Joyner, bright and early here on a Saturday morning. Joining me as always, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve did you get some good rest last I night? Because you did I get out of did. here early. The running
2: clock game helped last night. Uh, got out of here earlier. Normal. Normally, I was
1: did. worried about you, Steve, all day because you just felt so tired, I and was I was tired. worried you'd come in last night and would oversleep this morning. No,
2: I I got some good sleep last night. Well, I'm glad and, one of us did. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we don't uh, generally get a whole lot of sleep on Friday nights, because we turn around and do the show on Saturday, so. Uh, no, great night for the Bullpups. They did what, exactly what they had to do. They came out, took care of business quickly. Uh, the game got into running clock, and we were out of the stadium just after nine o'clock.
1: Well, Steve, let's go through all the scores from last night. As well, let's start actually with Thursday night, as we had three different area teams that were playing on Thursday night in eight-man Division One football. Canton-Galva, the Eagles improved to nine and zero with a forty-six to nothing win at the half over Chase County. They have moved on in the postseason. The Mount Ridge Wildcats drop to four and five with a 54-0 loss at Hodgman County. That is where their season will come to a close as they lose in the opening round. And Little River, a 54-0 winner over South Grey, the Redskins are eight and one. For those two teams that advanced, Kenton-Galva will take on Lebo coming up this week at home. Lebo is seven and two, and Little River will battle Nest City. Nest City also eight and one, like Little River, in the Regional round, Steve, the higher-seeded team is the home team. Yeah. So that means that Canton, Galvan, Little River, because they were the number one seeds coming in, they will be at home. As for the games last night, Steve alluded to it but didn't give the score. McPherson, a 63-7 to winner over winless Abilene. The Bullpups are 9-0, and and they will take on the Goddard Lions, who are 4-5 and next Friday night, and more to come on that here in a little bit. Heston loses a heartbreaker last night against Clearwater. The Heston Swathers finished their season with a record of 7 and 2, losing at home to Clearwater 35 to 28 in a back and forth game the entire way, but the Clearwater Indians were able to win their first playoff game since 2014, with the Win and then the Inman Teutons easy winners last night over Stanton County, winning 49 to 6 as the Teutons improved to 5 and 4, and they will go on the road in their first or their second game of the playoffs. Inman will play at Elkhart who won last night and Elkhart is 7-1. and one. So, the teams that are still alive, McPherson taking on Goddard next Friday night, Inman and 1A will be at Elkhart, and then an eight-man Division One: Canton Galva against Lebo, and Little River against Ness City.
2: Yeah, and we're kind of looking at those two eight-man Division One teams. Uh, Canton, Galva, and Little River, we got a feeling they're going to go away. Um, a, Little River, I really like their chances because Ness City did not beat Maxville very bad. Little River absolutely obliterated Maxville. So, you got to like Little River's chances. Of course, we've kind of penciled in Canton Galva uh, making it to the, you know, a long way through. Uh, I, I think uh, they'll have, you know, uh, they'll have a little bit of a test this week, but they're getting deeper in the rounds. They're finally going to have to play some people uh, that can really play. But uh, How man, many
1: weeks in a row have you been saying that now?
2: Yeah, but they've played, yeah, nine point rule games in nine weeks, eight games over at the half. So, they've played. Just over four and a half games for the season. And, boy, Coach Hoppus has those guys. They are just firing on all cylinders.
1: Well, and they played on Thursday. And a bunch of the McPherson I guys went over and watched them on Thursday night. And then a bunch of the Canton Galva guys were over at McPherson Stadium last night. Including C-
2: Coach Shelby Hoppus. Right.
1: To, to watch this McPherson team take on the Abilene Cowboys. And, frankly, Steve, going into this game, this is about what we expected it to be. We knew that Abilene was winless. We knew that Abilene probably wouldn't be too terribly inspired. I mean, how can you be when you're 0-8 going to play an 8-0 team that you've already lost to by 45? And McPherson jumped him right out of the chute. Cody Stufflebean, who had missed the previous two games with injury, he said, welcome back. Blocked the first punt of the game. It was scooped up and scored by Bryson Labertou. And from there on... The Bullpups would score on their first six offensive drives and score on eight of their nine offensive drives. Just an overall dominant performance by this McPherson team in their final tune-up before. What will be their biggest test of the season? The Goddard Lions coming this Friday night.
2: Well, next week's game is going to be a polar opposite uh, of what we saw last night. I can
1: guarantee you one thing. They won't win 63-7. to seven. No, there's no way. I, I Goddard, think Coach Pav would agree with me. Uh,
2: Goddard hangs its hat on its defense. It's all about defense. It held a really good May South team, which I think is 9-0, and to seven points in a 7-0 loss. Uh, they've had some offensive issues. The quarterback, their starting quarterback is out, I believe, for the year. Yes. Okay, he, he didn't come back. And uh, they don't score a ton of points, but, boy, they are hard to score on. And, and the question all year is, has been how will the Bullpups respond when they play a really good defense because, you know, they have put up over 40 points a game against some pretty mediocre teams on their schedule. There's nothing they can do about their schedule. You know, they play the teams in their league like they have to. They play, you know, the three non-league games they've been playing. But can the Bullpups continue to be prolific offensively against probably the best defense in 4A West?
1: if not for sure, the best team that they have seen defensively this year. Yeah,
2: no doubt. No doubt. And, and, you know, if Goddard played McPherson's schedule, they wouldn't have a loss this year.
1: Let's look at the other games in 4-I-West. We mentioned that Goddard beat Rose Hill as they advanced, 32-14. That game was on Thursday. Still on the top half of the bracket in the 4-13 versus 13 game, Winfield, the higher seed, beat Del Dorado 37-0. And that sets up a Cali-County matchup. Ark City went all the way out to Ulysses, beat the Tigers 55-17 to as the 12 seed. So it's Arc City, the 12, taking on Winfield, the 4. And let's face it, we knew that was going to be the outcome. Maybe I wasn't expecting 55-17. I, was, yeah.
2: I didn't expect that kind of score, but you and I both said it on the show yesterday. Uh, ch- uh, the, the form was going to hold true except for the 5-12 game. Uh, Ulysses just doesn't play anybody during the regular season. Arc City just almost beat Andover Central last week. That right there was a tip-off for me, but when we saw that score was 28-0 after a quarter, I don't think we imagined that. And I think Arc City, even though they're the uh, you know the lower seed, they'll beat Winfield next week. Winfield's the four seed, but Arc City's going to win that game.
1: The bottom half of the bracket in 4A West did hold true. Two seed Andover Central beat Tawanda Circle. That's the first time I've ever said Tawanda, Tawanda. Circle. I was just reading it off of the screen. 42-7. to Augusta, in double overtime, beat Coffeyville 29-26. to That was the 7-10 versus 10 game. Bueller with a 19-7 win over Wellington. And Mulvane, a 47-14 win over Independence. So, Andover Central will play Augusta. Bueller will play Mulvane. That part of the bracket was chalk, according to the bracket. Yeah, and
2: Bueller is the higher seed in its game with Mulvane, but boy... Mulvane, I think, has won five in a row
1: now. They have won every game since losing to Bueller.
2: Yeah, they're playing really well. They played Bueller tough last time. So that game I mean, I still like Bueller, but I think that game's a toss up. I don't think I don't think there's any doubt
1: Andover Central's going to come out of the bottom. So Andover Central still stays strong in the bottom half of this bracket, but looking ahead again to McPherson and Goddard, this is a game where the Bull have been sitting on it. For a year stewing they have been thinking about the goddard lions for a year because they lost to goddard in the state semifinals last year steve and looking back at that game it was very clear to me who the better team was that night who was able to move the ball offensively who had more chances but in terms of executing in crunch time the other team was better Goddard was able to come up with stops defensively in the red zone. And you just look at the fourth quarter of that game. Oh my. McPherson had four chances inside the red zone. They went for it on fourth down and goal and did not convert. They kicked a field goal on fourth down and goal and had it blocked. They then threw or they fumbled going into the end zone on their third drive and then threw an interception after getting the ball back again and driving back down the field to lose the game. It was a gut-wrenching loss and a loss that for a lot of the people that were in that game, it won't leave them for a long time, but I think if they were to beat Goddard this week, it would help that a little bit. Yeah,
2: and Goddard really, they hit on one big long play early in the game. I think it was Ben Bannister. who's Ben was,
1: Bannister, who, now the McPherson College Bulldog backup safety.
2: Yeah, and he plays a lot for the Bulldogs. So uh, the Bulldogs' time of possession that game just dominated time of possession. They moved. They just went up and down the field all night but could not score. I'll be honest, if they had Drew Schrader, the kicker for the Bull Pups this year, they would have won that game because Drew Schrader is a really good kicker. They could have kicked a field goal somewhere in there and and probably won that game.
1: So that's what's going to make this a very, very exciting week as McPherson takes on Goddard, the rematch. And let's face it too, Steve, these teams, I know that McPherson has been preparing for Goddard. Goddard has been preparing for McPherson, sure, too sure and both of these teams have known that this is going to probably happen for several weeks and these guys are no strangers to each other they have seen every game that each other have played and that's what's going to make this a very fun week
2: yeah it really is and and it's a shame that it had to come in the round in the second round instead of the semis like we thought it was going to at the start of the year but uh, like coach Pav said you got to play them at some point. Let's just go ahead and play them now and get them out of the way. Uh, I would rather play them later just because, you know, you could. But uh, you're going to play them now and take care of business now and then move on to the to the uh, quarterfinals.
1: Well, Steve, let's hear from McPherson High football coach Jace Pavlovich following last night's 63-7 to win over the Abilene Cowboys. Finery at McPherson postgame show by Bullpup football coach Jace Pavlovich. You told your guys this week at practice, I want you to go out there, <coughs> score every time you have the football. Yeah, get a stop every time defensively, and you did that tonight. You told them that's not a normal goal that you can have for these guys, but you put them up to the test, and they did that for you tonight. They did exactly what you needed them to tonight
3: in the first half to jump up forty-nine, nothing. Yeah, they did. You know, we, we we opportunities all the time, and our and our opportunities are are running out. And uh, so our kids, our kids did a great job. You know. Between you know offense and defense, I can I can think of offhand four mistakes that we made uh, all night, and that's 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 good. That's that's pretty good, you know. And and it's just a simple read key here or, or technique issue there. Yeah. Of course, we'll we'll watch it on film tomorrow and we'll evaluate it. But our guys did a re- really good job of just executing and being physical, no matter uh, no matter who's on the other side. What does Coach Harlan have for breakfast for the guys tomorrow morning after the blocked (laughs) punt and the scoop and
1: score by Bryson Labertu?
3: Well, I don't know, but uh, I think I'm going to partake in that as well. I I think he
1: owes you guys some
3: breakfast. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Well, it was not only a great job defensively, as you really limited Abilene in that first half, just 21 yards of total offense, but your offense was able to go out, run the football well. And the other thing, too, You didn't have to do anything too crazy tonight. You kept it pretty vanilla. And when you're trying to prepare for maybe some team watching you and trying to figure out your tendencies, it's a very efficient way to play tonight. It felt like about everything went well as you could have wanted it to go.
3: No question. We're healthy. We were able to rest some kids. You know, our our guys were pretty focused. That's the first time we had gone into an actual huddle in 15 years that I've been here. Uh, And and we weren't perfect at it by any means, but but we were we were good enough. You know, I know that uh, you know Goddard was coming in and watching the game, and and uh, we did, we certainly didn't want to give them anything in the way of hand signals, etc. And our our guys did a really good job of uh, of executing something simple like that. That uh, you know we we haven't had too many practice reps at, but they did a good job.
2: And we always talk about how versatile this team is. You had so many different mm-hmm. guys come in and, and participate, running the football, catching the football, just being involved in the
3: game. Well, that's 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 what builds our program you know we we're able to distribute the ball to to some sophomores and juniors and really even some freshmen right now that uh, that we feel like uh, have a pretty bright future so when you're in you know across the board in, in games like this especially uh, it, it really helps the future out for sure when well, this was a playoff game for you guys and taking on an Abilene
1: team that you felt pretty confident about going into did you sense that there was more focus with this group tonight knowing it was a playoff game
3: yeah, you know the focus was there, um, at least for a half.
1: It, yeah, I don't know what those guys did the second half.
3: <laughs> it was, it was there. Uh, and, and and I'll be honest with you, and, and just as honest as we are with the kids, you know, this is this is just a tune-up for next week, which should be an absolute battle. So uh, our guys were locked in. I'm proud of them. Um, we we got what we wanted out of this game, you know, and and we can move on. One more thing before we talk about Goddard, mm-hmm. our guy Christian Weirman, getting yes. in at
1: the end. Not only was Weirman he a busy Island. man, yeah, he was a busy man on the kickoffs, but gets in and makes a couple of plays
3: defensively. Happy for our guy. Christian. Well, yeah, you know we're he's he's such a great kid. He's awesome to have around. Our kids love him. Uh, you can tell they love him, and and I'm proud of him. The kid got out there, and and uh, his he was smiling. You probably saw it from up oh, here. I can he see was the smile. He was smiling ear to ear, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was awesome bill able to get Christian out there on the field. Well, now we talk about. The, G word. Yeah. the yeah. Goddard Lions, who you have drawn for the
1: second round here. This was a team that came to this place a season ago in the state semifinals and came up with four goal line stands in the fourth quarter to prevent mm-hmm. you guys from going to the state championship game. You have been thinking about Goddard. You've been watching them play. You've been breaking them down for several weeks. Yeah. What's it going to take for your team to get over this Goddard hump and, and take care of them next Friday night?
3: It's it's, it's really simple execution. Uh, we got to be able to run the football uh, more effectively than than we ran the football uh, last year you know we can't just assume that the passing game is going to work um and, and we got to stop the run um goddard you know up front they're they're huge big and physical but they have some really good skill guys and and I, I feel like we have a pretty good pass rush uh especially with cody back and healthy so you know this is this is a tough draw uh for a one seed but you know, honestly, you got to beat them at some point. You might as well beat them next week. Uh, yeah, everything, we're, we're all good. We're all healthy. We're ready to go. So, yeah, I, I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to it. And so are our kids. And the fun thing about this is this is a chance to redeem this loss
1: for these guys that are seniors mm-hmm. and juniors on this team. They had to go through the heartbreak last year. Mm-hmm. And you get the feeling that if this past week wasn't your most focused week, I get the feeling this week will be your most focused week. There's no
3: question. These guys, you know, they – Listen, after that uh, semifinal loss last year, uh, we sat down as, as a team that next Monday and, and really hashed things out. And uh, this is one that uh, we've circled you know, honestly, our, our kids. We were we were kind of hoping they would draw that eight nine seed because we we want the opportunity to play them. And if they beat us, you know, so be it. But but we want that opportunity, and and that's the kind of competitors we have on this team right now. Well, it should be a fun one next
1: Friday night as Absolutely. the Bullpups look to improve to ten and zero and avenge last season's loss against the Goddard Lions. Bullpup football coach Jace Pavlovich, let's go make it ten and zero. Yes, sir. That was McPherson I football coach Jace Pavlovich after last night's sixty three to seven win. Steve. It's officially Goddard week. It is. This is a group they have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this game. And it's going to be a fun and, I think, very serious week for this group. And this is normally a group that is very fun to be around. They don't take themselves too seriously. They like to have fun. But I get the feeling this week's practice will be a little different. And when they show up to McPherson Stadium next Friday night, I think these guys will be ready to go.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we didn't have, last night, it was really interesting that we didn't have, you know, a full house last night. There were a lot of empty seats last night, and I think people knew kind of what was going to happen. They decide, you know, I, I'm going to save my $6 for next week, and uh, I think the crowd will be off the charts. The atmosphere will be off the charts next week. Uh, I, I just think Bullpup Nation will turn out in force. Uh, there will be a lot of intensity in the air, and this is maybe this is the game this team needs play its best game of
1: the year. Steve, let's take our first break here on our Coach's Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. We have three interviews that we have planned to go. We have McPherson Eye cross-country coach Aspen Lott, as she previews the only McPherson runner running at the state cross-country meet today in Lawrence at Rimrock Farm, Courtney Eichbush, and recaps the 2019 fall season. We also have McPherson I soccer coach Chris Adrian and Inman football coach Lance Sawyer. I'm going to leave it up to you. Who do you want to go with of the three? I'm i I'm a big fan of Aspen. Let's right. go with Aspen Lott. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll hear from Bullpup Cross Country Coach Aspen Lott. Joining us on our coaches show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva's, McPherson High Cross Country Coach Aspen Lott, as the McPherson High Cross Country team as a whole for both the boys' and girls' side is done for the year, but they are down to one single runner, and Courtney Ikebush who made the state meet, which is coming up this Saturday from Rimrock, in lawrence coach Lott, will you give us a little regional recap for your team in in great bend last week
4: yes so uh regionals was um absolutely a wonderful race just all around um on the men's and women's side we had four different prs and a seasonal best that day um on the men's side we had um justice hampton that was only a few places away from qualifying as well and then Courtney Eichbush just dominated the day and earned her way um, to Lawrence tomorrow. So she placed um, 14th and was um, a top 10, usually qualify as individuals. And, and there was a team that, that uh, three teams that qualified, which which gave her a spot as an individual to to go. So we are excited. And excuse me, she actually placed 16th, not 14th.
1: Well, as we look back on your 2019 fall season, it was a really weird year on the girls' side because you didn't compete in any events as a team. You only had four mm-hmm. runners this year. And then for the boys' side, they were there were enough runners for both a varsity and a JV for every single meet this year. But as you look back on this fall season, what are some things that now that you're about a week removed from regionals that you've taken away and kind of reflected on? Yeah, so this,
4: this season as a whole has just been um... – an incredible season because of the kids that we have on this team um, we only have 15 runners but but this this uh group of kids are the most hardworking, dedicated individuals that i've ever coached um with the girls having only four of them it definitely changed our mindset coming up to regionals they knew that they weren't going to be able to qualify as a team but that didn't stop them from pushing each other to get the um, highest score that they can as individuals and, and to push each other along. The boys, you know, we, were, um, we have some that have placed in, in the top 20 at almost every meet. Um, and even the ones that, that were right behind that, they helped the other ones get, get there. And so they were, they were encouraging and, and pushing each other as well. And as we came into to regionals, um, the boys the boys were gunning, of course, for a team placing, um, and they raced really well all together. But then in the end, it was it just we got got caught short a little bit. So, but all around, I, I couldn't be more proud of them.
1: Well, and looking at Courtney Eichbush, who qualified for the state meet, I can remember two years ago whenever Natalie Headland qualified, us talking about how great of an accomplishment it is for even just an individual and, of course, as a team to be able to qualify for the state meet. But tell me a little bit about Courtney Ikebush's season and how big of an accomplishment this is for her.
4: Yes, well, Courtney is just an outstanding young lady as it is. Um, she is one that definitely deserves this spot going to state. She came in, um, and our first meet was at Great Bend, which was a 4K. But she had ran a Heston that next week at a 23:29, and then throughout the season she she increased her her time and got a PR um, almost every single meet up until regionals. And so she started with a 23:29 and ended with a 21:20, which um, is is pretty impressive to knock that much time off um as you go along you can just see by her times that she's put in the work she was dedicated um her goal was state at the beginning of the year and and she accomplished it and and it's definitely that that time that she's put in is big off
1: well with the amount of time that you've spent around cross-country meets and around this sport i would imagine you have had some (laughs) falls where the weather is not very good where you've had to run on wet courses or it's been really windy or really hot days but it feels to me like this fall you guys had really good weather almost every single time that you ran and even for practice it felt like the weather was fairly decent all fall a- am i crazy here to think that this was a really good cross-country weather fall
4: this season has just been absolutely beautiful usually we either had a really hot season a really cold season, but this has just been absolutely perfect.
1: Well, Coach Lott, as you take a look ahead to what's coming up this weekend with Courtney, I- Courtney Ikebush running at the State Cross Country Meet at Rimrock Farm, did you have many opportunities to run at Rimrock in your running career?
4: Um, actually, my, I believe my junior year uh, running at Matt College, I ran at Rimrock um, for nationals, and it is just an absolutely beautiful course. There's um, bridges there, there's paths that are um, lined with mulch, the trees are all turning because of fall now, and it is just a a wonderful experience to run there.
1: Well, Coach Lott, I'll let you go, and best of luck to Courtney Eichbush this weekend, and best of luck with trying to feel a little bit better, and you can survive Uh, a few more of the coughs.
4: (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: That was McPherson and Cross Country Coach Aspen Lott here at our Coaches Show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Steve, some of the area cross country runners are also going along with Courtney Ikebush today, but I believe all of them are running in Wamigo. Correct?
2: Uh, some of them are at Rimrock. There's, I think, uh, I'm trying to think. There's one of them that's at Rimrock, and everyone else that I think is at Wamigo. But, but uh, the ones to watch really, Inman and Canton, Galva. Uh, Canton Galvez, Morgan Becker, and Christian Dara—they've been high finishers all year. Uh, Nicholas Martisco for Inman—he's been a high finisher. Last week, high
5: finisher, yeah,
2: yeah, high finisher. Uh, last week, um, Becker at the regional, Becker was second, Martisco third, and Dara was fourth. And then, of course, uh, Hannah Martisco is running for the Inman girls. Uh, Smoky Valley's Ryan Heline, uh in Class Three A—he's got a shot to finish in the top five. Uh, he's a really good runner. Uh Gracie Lambert also made it for Smokey. Um Heston's team made it. So it'll be they were second in their region. It'll be interesting to see how they did. So busy day across country. Um uh, beautiful day, it looks like to run. Uh Lawrence is going to be buzzing because KUK State are playing in Lawrence. And in the morning you got the uh, – well KU will be buzzing in the morning, getting ready for the game. <laughs> against K-State because, you know, there will be some serious tailgating going on, but there will be some great running going on out of Rimrock.
1: All right, Steve, we have about half the show still left to go, so let's take our second break. When we come back, who would you like to hear from next? Let's hear from Coach Sawyer. Okay, we'll hear from Inman football coach Lance Sawyer after this break. This is the Coach's Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. Joining us on our Coaches Show this morning, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva, is Inman-Tuton head football coach Lance Sawyer. After the Tutons picked up a 49-6 win over Stanton County to open up the playoffs last night, they are 5-4 and four on the season. Coach Sawyer, it looks like your run offense was great and your overall defense was great, holding the Stanton County team to 55 yards and putting up 302 yards on the ground. Will you give us a little recap from last night's win?
5: Yeah, um, I thought we played really well. I mean, on both sides of the ball, our our defense was fantastic, and we we ended up getting good field position pretty well all night. I mean, I think we only had two or three possessions that started on their half of the field, I mean, on our half of the field. So um, we played well. Um, And a recap, I guess, we we started off by – Running the ball really, really well. Um, Derek Johnson caught a few balls there, and uh, he ended up having the the second touchdown of the game. Um, but Colby Blank kind of went off. I mean, he had a he had a six yard run to start the scoring off, and then and then Derek Johnson scored his touchdown pass, and then so we ended up fourteen nothing in the in the first, and then the second, um, Colby ended up having three touchdown runs there. To make it 35, and then he ended up having one more in the third. Uh, their their touchdown ended up coming on a oh, we we fumbled the ball and they picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. So I, I thought overall we played really well in all three phases of the game.
1: Well, and especially after last week, a tough loss against a very good Sedgwick team to close out the district play it felt like it was good for you guys to go out and play a game like this where you were able to be in control. Is that the case?
5: Yeah you wondered how we were going to rebound after that. I mean really our defense hadn't been scored on all year and and, then Cedric ended up putting it to us the second half and so uh, to get back at it like this and to see those kids fly around again they, they were playing with so much confidence last night and our guys were were hitting and Uh, They were dominating the line of scrimmage, and it was just good to see them back on the field doing what they know they can do really well.
1: Well, and as you look at the numbers for your team throughout this entire season, you have relied on that defense. You've hung your hat on that defense and how good they have been, And, and you can go to almost every single game on this schedule and some nights the offense wouldn't have been great, but the defense has been consistently good the entire yep. season long. What is it about your defense there at Inman that has been so tough on opponents this year?
5: You know, I, we tackle so well. Um, we got two linebackers in Carter Brown and and Justin Schrader that, that tackle extremely well, and our defensive line puts them in positions where they're, they're pretty well clean the entire game. Uh, they don't have to get off a ton of blocks, and... And Darian Dawes and Grant Timish and, and Cole Hayes do so well up front, uh, controlling the line of yeah controlling the line of scrimmage where it opens them up to make tackles, um, and then in the secondary we got Jace Dirksen and, and Derek Johnson and Colby Blank that are, that are able to uh, play one on one sometimes and and so it, it really gives us confidence that we can go up there and stop the run with with our seven guys and then we have Nate Schober out there who's the who's the coach on the Coach of the defense. I mean, he he watches so much film that he knows pretty well what they're going to run anyway. Any any formation that they line up in, he could tell you what they're going to run out of it.
1: Well, and as we look back at your district resume, going two and one in the district, winning the first two games, beating Sublette fifty-three to six, and then beating Meade nineteen nothing. It led to that Sedgwick game, like we mentioned a little bit ago. In the what was essentially a district championship game and yeah. losing to the Sedgwick team, Cardinals forty-two to seven, a very good Sedgwick team. But at the end of the regular season, you were four and four, and of course you pick up the win last night over Stanton County. What are some of the things that your team is doing really well at right now, heading into what will be your second round of the postseason next week?
5: Well, I mean, we were having to adjust to how people are lining up for our deep. I mean, for their defense against our offense. Not not many people run the offense that we run, and so it's kind of tough to tell what they're going to run against us. And we're kind of figuring it out. Um, our offensive line is starting to hit stride now. Um, we, we we started so young. I mean, we have two sophomores playing, and uh, we have four new starters on the offensive line that we we're starting to pick up, and we're starting to communicate better out there. That That's leading to a lot more yardage on the on the ground, and and we got Colby Blank that's running as well as any running back I've had in a long time. So um, we're, we're starting to hit stride right at the right time. Um, we're, we're excited where we're at, and, and we're, we're really excited with the path we're about to go on.
1: We're talking with him and football coach Lance Sawyer on our Coaches Show this morning. You mentioned that path that you're about to go on. That is Elkhart coming up this week, and you guys have seen the same Elkhart team before. You played them last year in this same round of the postseason and ended up losing. But with Elkhart this year, they are 7-1. and one. What have you seen? I'm sure you've been preparing for them for a couple of weeks since they haven't played since their Week 7 game. They played last night but didn't play in the week after that. What do you know about Elkhart, and what are you doing to prepare for them this upcoming week? Well, they
5: got one of the top running backs in the state. they got Chance O'Hare, who's I think his, his numbers are he's at 1,400 yards rushing right now. Um, they're going to have a... Uh, solid dose of, of running the ball. Um, we got to be able to stop him. Their, their quarterback's fast, and um, they just like to run the option. I mean, so they'll be similar to some teams that we've seen so far. Um, we'll have uh, – we had Marion that ran the same thing. So uh, I think we'll be all right. We'll be ready for them. Um, they, they tackle well, and um, our kids just got to be ready for the ride. I mean, I think – the, the long drive out there, and we'll be we'll need to be ready to play once we get there.
1: Well, last year it was a fifty three to ten game on the road at Elkhart, and the loss for you guys. What are some things that your team is doing better at right now than you were a season ago that gives you a lot of confidence going into this week?
5: Well, we're healthy. I think that's the main thing. Last year when we played them, we I mean we had Matt Ramey that ended up getting hurt right before that game and and uh, Colby Blank got her right before that game. We we were playing with such young kids last year. Um, We're we're pretty well healthy all the way around. Um, Our defense is is so much better than it was last year. We're tackling so much better, and and that gives us a lot of confidence when we're going to go see that triple option that they're going to run. Um, And I think offensively, we're running the ball so much better. I think we'll be able to control the clock a little bit more than what we did last year.
1: Well, the Inman Teutons are trying to go on the road to Elkhart this week and win and keep their season alive, and as of right now, they're still feeling good after a nice win last night as the Teutons improved to 5-4 and four with a 49-6 win over Stanton County. Coach Sawyer, best of luck this week and enjoy the trip out to Elkhart.
5: I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Inman football
1: coach Lance Sawyer here on our Coach's Show this morning. As Steve, we have... Wrapped up the season for several of our area football teams, but we still have four remaining with McPherson, Inman, Kenton Galva, and Little River. And I think Inman is in a very different spot than it was a season ago when it played Elkhart and lost big in the second round of the playoffs. I think this two-ton team, now that it's healthy and now that it is more experienced, I think has a pretty good shot against Elkhart on Friday night.
2: And their defense keeps them in every game. Their defense has been really good all year. Uh Connor Brown at linebacker. We saw him. He was just making every tackle. Uh the Schrader kid, really good. Uh Klein Herrenbrink has really come on uh, They've got some nice pieces there. Offensively, we saw them. They do a lot of fun things. They run well, a lot you of. You saw fun.
1: Colby Blank's night last night. Yeah,
2: yeah. He had like five or six touchdowns. Well, just
1: six touchdowns and two hundred and sixty yards. Yeah, he,
2: he's got a lot of speed and 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 Coach Sawyer's done a great job with that team. Uh it'll be interesting to see how uh, you know they're pretty young. They don't they don't have a ton of seniors, so it'll be interesting to see. And also a shout out in our area, Smoky Valley yeah. closing their season. You know they were one and six, and uh, they they didn't make the playoffs, but they won their last game. They upset Rock Creek last week to get to two and six, and then they just blasted Wichita Trinity. So uh, a young team for Coach Lambert. They were gutted by graduation. You know they'd won twenty seven games each of the last or the last three years combined, they'd won 27. That's nine a year. Not too bad. Yeah,
1: not too bad.
2: Yeah, and they play a tough schedule. So uh, their youth caught up with them this year, but Coach Lambert, one of the best in the business.
1: Steve, let's take one more break and get into our interview with McPherson Ice Soccer Coach Chris Adrian from Thursday night after the Bullpups beat Emporia 2-1 in their regional finals. McPherson Soccer will be on the road on Tuesday as they will take on Goddard-Eisenhower in their state quarterfinal matchup. This is the Coaches Show presented by the Fifty Six Family Restaurant in Galva. Our final interview on this morning's Coaches Show presented by the Fifty Six Family Restaurant in Galva is from Thursday night in our talk with McPherson Eye Cross, or excuse me, McPherson High Soccer Coach Chris Adrian after a two-one win over the Emporia High Spartans in the regional finals. A great win for that McPherson team, and they will now take on Goddard Eisenhower in the state quarterfinals coming up this Tuesday night on the road, the top seed in five A West. We talk with Coach Adrian here.
2: Hey, that was just a regional game. Dang, I you know, stayed, right? Oh, I, man. That's as good a game at McPherson Stadium as I think I've seen. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some other games, but as far as games here, concerning the opponent you played, yeah. you had to hold that team with no shots the first half. Yeah,
6: that's what we were so proud about.
2: Yeah, I mean, but, uh, man, they are such a dangerous team. But I said the difference in the game up there is how smart you guys played. Yeah. Your, your soccer IQ is off the charts. Yeah, tonight.
6: Cause if we would have pushed up and, and tried to chase the ball, they would have played that space behind us. And we didn't. I mean, number seven is so good. <laughs> he is so good. And even when we tried to put someone on him the whole time, he was still beating us. Number nine on their team is also phenomenal players. They have some incredible talent and we knew we had to be smarter than them today. And we had to play tougher than them today. and, and I thought the second half was just all about grinding it out and finding a way. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty by any means. Uh, the first half, I thought we played really well, and that was well executed. But we got a little tired in the second half, and it was just all about will then. Uh, these seniors have, have lost two regional championship games on this field, and and you there's about a five-minute mark. I just saw Trenton and Tyler, and you could just hear them be like, it's not happening. We are going to get through this.
2: And that goal for them just, they did it so effortlessly. It's like, and you could just see their body language change yeah. and then you just put the plug in and then you had a chance to really, yeah, put it we away. Did. man, that was so close Yeah. put it in the way. but uh, they held it off. But I thought the last five minutes when they really put the pressure, you kept kicking the ball long, you know, using yeah. the field, kicking it
1: out of
6: bounds yeah. a little bit. We but, spent two minutes in the corner there and that was big because yeah. two more minutes in this game, you never know what could have happened. You guys
1: don't get to play a game like that very often this year no. When you're ahead just trying to hold no, on because right. a lot of those teams when you play them you're just ahead by 10 and you're just trying to hold on for
6: halftime. Yeah.
1: How did you think your guys responded in really their first test
6: of that this year? That's where a big senior class makes all the difference because um, they've been in those situations. Maybe not this year with this team, but in other years with their team, with their club teams in the springs and the summer, they knew how to manage that. And and I, I thought you saw us playing smart, but it wasn't panic. Um, we were playing the ball where we wanted to those last five minutes, and we were just keeping the ball out of dangerous areas of the field. But I, I want to say that just, and Port is a heck of a team. And, yeah. and they're well coached. They made some great adjustments the second half.
2: Well, there's eight, and, and that there's was, eight, there's eight teams left. And yeah. it's hard to believe that they're not one of
6: the eight teams. It's ever. very hard to believe. But just the way they handled themselves, I was very impressed with. Um, I want to give their coach a lot of credit because he just—he's coaching those guys right. They were very respectful after the game. Uh, for a postseason game, you usually don't see that. The team yeah. that loses tends to, yeah, to do something at the yeah. end. But hats off to him. That was good. Well, now you get to the state quarterfinal, and we don't know if it's going to be Eisenhower or May South yet because Andover Central won.
3: Okay. So
1: the two and three of both won. And they were Eisenhower was tied. Like With Great Ben overtime. Okay. okay. There, it's one one. So you haven't seen Eisenhower, but you have seen May South, yep. and you saw them earlier on in this yep. season what are some things that you think you can do to them differently this time around?
6: Well, the first time we played them, we weren't a hundred percent. Um, we've also moved some players around into different positions because we learned from that game where we needed to improve and get better. But we lost that game and felt like we still had a shot to win it. And so, I mean, whoever it is now, you know, they're going to be good, but I think this team has proven they're one of one of the top teams and they deserve to be in the quarterfinals and I don't think there's a lot of teams that are looking at wanting to play us.
2: And like we said on the radio, this senior group deserved to go to state. Right? Yeah, they For did. all the work they yeah. put in, it would have just not felt right yep. if they didn't get one more chance to go to state. Yeah,
6: I agree. It's been such a special group. And for me, it was less about the hardware winning tonight and more about getting one more practice tomorrow, one more game on Tuesday. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Okay.
1: That was McPherson-I soccer coach Chris Adrian following the Bullpups' 2-1 win over Emporia on Thursday night, advancing them into the state quarterfinals. Steve, a really fun one on Thursday night. Really two fun games for that Bullpup soccer team this week. Beating Salina Central on Tuesday, 6-1. The Drew Schrader performance of a lifetime with five goals, and then that 2-1 win over Emporia.
2: That was as good a game on Thursday as as I've covered uh, since... The two thousand three state championship game. It, I mean, the the level of play was so high. It's fun to watch great high school soccer. Uh, you know, it's not a lot of fun to watch McPherson when it plays Circle or Eldorado when they're just scoring goals at will. It, it's fun to watch uh, the strategy in a really close game, and it just the excitement that you know the Bullpups just kept holding on to that one goal lead in the second half. They killed the final thirty five minutes of that game, and and hats off to Coach Adrian and his guys let's hope they can uh i don't i don't know if you can call it an upset if they beat goddard eisenhower i know goddard eisenhower's undefeated with a tie but the bull pups have only lost two with a tie and when you look at comparative scores uh the bull pups drew with great ben uh eisenhower had to go overtime to beat great ben it'd be interesting to see what great ben thought about the game you know what their coach would think about the game who he thought you know would be the favorite going in obviously mcpherson going on the road uh, has to be the underdog but I'll tell you, this this Bullpup team, those eight seniors have so much experience. Right. uh, That's going to keep them in the game.
1: Well, we're looking forward to seeing what they can do on Tuesday. But then after today, when Courtney Eichbush runs at the state cross-country meet, Steve, it'll just be down to soccer and football. That's right. Both in the postseason, both with very important games coming up this week. And then other than that, we are running out of teams this fall.
2: Yeah, and uh, you and I will be announcing some basketball Uh, we got the Mayor's Cup coming up on Wednesday. That's right. uh, Central Christian College and McPherson College. The admission is free to that game, so there's no reason that we can't fill the roundhouse. Uh, You know, the Central kids will turn out. The Mac kids will turn out. There's a lot of townspeople, you know, that are alums of both. Townsmen. Townsmen. uh, You know, a lot of of people that live in McPherson, attended uh, Central and graduated from Central and Mac, have businesses here in town, still live in town. It'd be just wonderful to have just an incredible turnout. Of course, uh, but the teams are playing right now. Uh, Central men won their opener last night, beat Sterling. The Mac men beat uh, uh, Bacon. Bacon. So, uh, you know, both teams playing well going into the game. Of course, Mac men play again.
1: Are you forgetting the Central and Mac women?
2: I'm not forgetting them. Uh, the Mac women are playing at, uh, their classic right now. They are now 2-1 on the year. They won Last night, Central women lost. Last night, they're 1-2. and
1: two. Or, excuse me, the Mac men are playing Bay Cone today. They beat Barkley last night. Right,
2: right. And the women played Bay Cone last night. They're playing Randall today. It's very confusing. Very confusing. So,
1: the way to best help the confusion...
2: Go to midkansasonline.com. There you go. I've already got Central and Mac stories posted.
1: For and the other one, Steve, the other big McPherson College sporting event today...
2: Mac and KW... Uh, Kw number three team in the country. The Bulldogs have won five in a row. Um, it'd be interesting to see can the Bulldogs hang with the Coyotes and Johnny Photo.
1: That's right. The one of the best teams that we have seen at the NA, NAIA level and a chance for the Bulldogs to pull off a program changing win. Right,
2: and I you know I've covered the, this is forty one years of covering the KCAC. Bethany had some really – when Jorge Munoz was the quarterback at Bethany, they were really great. In 79, they had Mark Eggers at quarterback, an incredible defense. And then I think the McPherson College team of 2010, they just dominated people. No one came close to them. Bethany played them tough in the final game, but the Bulldogs pulled away in that game. But this KW team, this is the most talented team I think I've seen in the KCAC in all my years.
1: All right, Steve, one more time. Let's go through the scores for the area teams from last night. McPherson a 63-7 winner over Abilene to improve to 9-0. Heston lost to Clearwater 35-28 to end their season at 7-2. Inman beat Stanton County 49-6 to improve to 5-4. On Thursday, Kenton Galva beat Chase County 46-0. The Eagles are 9-0. Mound Ridge lost on Thursday at Hodgman County 54-0 as their season ends at 4-5. And Little River beat South Gray 54-0 at the half to improve to eight and one, so that means we are down to four area football teams. McPherson will host five and four Goddard. That is the one versus eight matchup in four A West. Inman will be at Elkhart. Elkhart is seven and one. They had an open game, so they haven't played as many games as the Teutons have at five and four. And then an eight man division one Canton Canton-Galville will host Lebo, who is seven and two, and Little River will host Ness City, who is eight and one.
2: Yeah, uh, we're starting to get down to. Crunch time, and I, you know, all these routes that, uh, you know, we kind of saw Canton, Galva, Little River, Inman. Uh, the game's going to start tightening up a little bit because the competition's going to get a lot tougher.
1: Across the board, there haven't been a ton of big time upsets no. in high school football. And really, the way that the brackets are set up, there shouldn't be. No,
2: there shouldn't be. And, and you know, Arc City being a 12, beating Ulysses, which was a five, but we called it on the show yesterday. It wasn't real hard. Uh, it wasn't real hard. I mean, Ulysses just doesn't play anybody, so Ark City does, and the uh, Bulldogs went out and took care of business. I'm guessing our buddy jukebox Joey didn't make the 290 mile trip, though. I can't imagine. <laughs>
1: Steve, you want to take a guess at? if Bishop Meage won on the East half of 4A? I would
2: assume they probably won about 75 to nothing.
1: Well, they won 67 to 13 over the Labette County Grizzlies. Okay. That is the third consecutive year that Labette has drawn Bishop Meage in the playoffs. That's not good. I think if there's one team that is getting real sick of those guys, I think it's yeah. Labette County. And,
2: and no one's going to touch Meage on that side of the bracket. I mean, Meage, you might as well just go ahead and, you know, just cancel the rest of the East side and put Meage in the championship game.
1: So we have a busy, busy week coming up at MidKansasOnline.com. Bullpup Soccer on Tuesday. We have the Mayor's Cup on Wednesday. And then the big one. It's Goddard Week. Get yourself ready. And I know that we've said this a few times and said, oh, it's going to be a game. And McPherson welcomes in Ulysses or whoever, and they win by 60. Guys, Goddard is the real deal. They are. And it's going to be one heck of a game this Friday night.
2: Yeah, and that Goddard defense... Uh, the Butler kid, we remember him from last year. They've got a nose guard. I think it's just a sophomore. That's and correct. It's, it's tremendous, and a really good uh, defensive back, I know. They've got three potential All-State. Well, they've
1: got a lot of got really, really good players. they got three potential
2: All-State first-team players on their defense.
1: It is going to be a fun one on Friday night as we prepare and get everybody ready for McPherson and Goddard, the other games in 4A West, Winfield against Ark City, Andover Central against Augusta, and Bueller against Mulvane. Steve, excellent work this morning. Thank you. For anybody that's trying to figure out all the scores and stats and information, tell them where to go. MidKansasOnline.com. Swap Shop is coming up next. Tammy is in the building. She is feeling good. She's ready to take all of your phone calls. I'm sure not very many garage sales this morning. 620-241-1504. Here comes Tammy. A big thank you to our coaches for... Joining us this morning, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to The Coaches Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva.
0: The High School Coaches Show, presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva, was brought to you by Simcoe, McPherson Concrete, Complete Automotive in McPherson, DFS Moto in Canton, Alliance Agency Incorporated, Kane's Body Shop, Ford Quarterback Club, Next Tech Wireless, JAR Performance Automotive, and Farmer's State Bank. Thanks for listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by the 56 Family Restaurant in Galva.